1: and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode is the week of June 7th 2023 this is episode 265 and I'm your host Chris Randazzo joining me tonight is the embodiment of road rage Karen Randazzo
2: sometimes rock bottom is your trampoline
1: intimate gun enthusiast Evan Goldstein
3: Fuck.
1: and Japanese traditionalist Angie Fernot.
3: we should start gratitude journaling again (laughs)
1: This month was my pick, and I chose beef because I'm a fan of cows. It's a show that features a shocking lack of cows. But what did we all think? Let's all find out. But first, how the heck are you? Woo! It's
3: been a little while, huh? It has been. It has. I'm sorry, dear listeners, that we are a little bit late to record this month. It's been a wild ride.
0: I was away. I was far, far, far away.
3: I sent Evan to Narnia. He came back.
0: Uh, It was... Atlanta, but close. Just
3: can't get rid of him, huh? I just I tried. He's like a fucking. He, you know what it is? I'd say I threw him penny. like a frisbee, but he came back like a boomerang. Uh,
1: he's like a bad penny. He always turns up.
3: I love pennies. You ever go to those penny machines, and you get like the 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 souvenir the, the, pennies? The
0: the, the illegal def- defacement the of. Government property Listen, machines.
3: They're making those pennies better. <laughs> I would spend more pennies if they looked that cool. Also, the
2: government does not give a flying crap
3: about pennies.
2: I do. <clears throat> I do.
3: It's true. <laughs> I love them.
0: So yeah, I was. I was. A, I, we were supposed to record last week, and unfortunately, I had to go to uh, Atlanta for a show. And <clears throat> whilst in Atlanta the 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 hotel tv was the worst cable i have ever seen like i've i guess i've become accustomed to a specific lifestyle <laughs> and there was like <laughs> four fucking channels it was horrible and um i ended up watching how i met your mother for like it was just on every time i was in the room I was watching it was just like a, 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 a dulcet hum in the background and think i worked my way through like four and a half seasons while i was there (laughs) it was ridiculous but yikes i'm 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 home now watching other tv so how are you guys doing yeah
2: pass (laughs) what have you been watching
1: good man says it could be worse your nose could be gushing my nose could be gushing blood and it is not currently gushing blood uh i've been playing a lot of zelda like nonstop. it's been great uh i wish i was playing it right now i always wish i was playing it right now um you know uh nothing is currently on fire that's great my mm-hmm. my video project for work is uh going over it's going over really well with the few people who are watching it uh you know the numbers aren't exactly anything to write home about but mm-hmm. they're not terrible they have gotten a lot of very good feedback uh and i'm learning a lot from them so that's good that's good yeah that's uh, great it's is, it is ultimately a worthwhile if extraordinarily stressful uh, process for like a couple hundred views, which is you know okay.
0: <laughs> it is what well, it is. I mean, you're you're doing so. What you're doing with that is is like it's a, it's like a history of Zelda, correct? Yeah, like
1: that's it's, a, it's a retrospective. Retrospective. That's done a, that's professionally. I was... It is, and I I I not tooting my own horn. It is uh, leagues better than anything else I have seen, and I have scrubbed YouTube to the best of my ability before making these things to try to find every zelda retrospective i could find and i'm pretty confident that i've done a better job with mine than i've seen anybody else do and uh i have gotten a what could only be considered a hilariously pitiful fraction of what other other uh youtube channels get as far as people seeing them because that's just that's just the internet you know well, you know, well also, uh,
3: you know, you got to give it a little time to get out there and get found. So, for anyone who doesn't know, shame on you. What is the YouTube channel where people can find it?
1: It's at Stone Age Gamer. I'm certain everybody listening to this show knows what it is. Because I've, I've been personally promoting the heck out of it. Uh, it's It's doing okay. Part 2 got up to 426 views. That's, you know microscopic by actual successful youtube standards but it's pretty okay for me mm-hmm. uh so that's you know, something
3: also keep in mind lear- like Let's i said don't i'm learning each- a
1: lot from it that's 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 the takeaway i nobody cares but i'm i'm learning about it and and it's it could hopefully help me out with uh you know some sort of job prospects in the future it's it's good it's good on on the nose training for me to to learn how to do things and uh I enjoy watching them. I've actually watched them myself several times because they're uh, videos that I've always wanted to watch um, and nobody was making them. So I decided to make them and uh, apparently I'm the only one who cares, but who cares? I'm happy about it.
3: Chris, just remember that Stone Age Gamer has 7,000 subscribers. So if you're looking at the percentage of views that you're getting, that's actually not bad. Um, and like I said, it's just a matter of time. Like, maybe friends like me go and drop one in a Discord and go, Hey, nerds, look at this. And then somebody so- shows somebody and else some significance. Friend
0: tells two people, and they yeah. tell two people, <laughs> and they tell two people. The fact is, yeah, so at the same time, you, so you, you got a, a brand new Zelda release. And once that settles, that's when I feel like you'll have an uptick of interest because people will want, like... More like they're not going to be looking for the information now because they're all playing the game. Playing <laughs> the like, game, So I, I have, I have full confidence and faith in, in you and your and your product, sir.
1: Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. So all in all, it's a, uh, it's okay. Life's been stressful. I miss having hair. i was doing some research for, uh, um, uh, turning tracks. We're doing a, a, a fun thing. For our so we're recording episodes ahead of time for the Turning Tracks podcast Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um, because Matt and I you know Matt and I record during the day which just isn't really possible during the summer vacation when the kids are here right so we're recording a bunch of stuff ahead of time and uh, we recorded the uh, we're recording next week the September um the September one yeah the basically our 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 twelfth episode and that is our one year anniversary. So, uh, because we've been doing one episode a month and so what we decided to do to celebrate our one-year anniversary because the point of the show is to to do episodes about the music that we love like the music that you know is is interesting to us mm-hmm. and so uh we decided that we were each going to do our own bands for Ooh. our one-year anniversary nice so uh episode 13 uh is going to be on O lot so I've been uh, not one pedal bike scouring one, one pedal bike no right. one pedal bike. It, I, I would be willing to do one <laughs> next year, uh, it, but if I was going to do one, it would definitely be a Lot because that's a uh, you know that's uh,
0: I've seen them one pedal bike means They're a lot to me.
1: But like A Lot was legitimately good. <laughs> so I love one pedal bike music, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, a Lot was legitimately very good music. So I've been doing a lot of internet scrubbing, trying to find what's uh, left on the internet from my time in the band. Because uh, after I left the band, uh, the lead singer kind of removed as much of what the band was before I left as humanly possible in an effort to rebrand the band and try to make it successful, and that didn't work. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that I did uh, with the band is just kind of gone. Oh, But... I found a lot of it, and I'm probably going to upload the songs to my YouTube channel at some point, because, you know, that album that we spent all that money making is just gone. Like He he pulled that down from, uh, from iTunes and everything. It's just not available anywhere anymore. That's a damn shame. Yeah. It is a damn shame, because I really like that album. Not, I not put for- a lot of money and effort into that album, and I was very proud of it.
0: Not for nothing during but, your your SAG epi- your Christmas SAG episode when you were doing your favorite Christmas music, which is uh-huh. the weirdest title topic for a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> when you did your favorite Christmas song, and it was the gift from, yeah, that, from that, Michael that, and Haley. From, yeah. That was that warmed, and Michael was the lead singer for Chocolat, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that yeah. warmed my heart. It was fantastic. It was a great. Oh, great I love rendition.
1: it. I love it to death. That's a. It's, it's just. It's just the best.
3: Can I it's go down just a, been,
1: It's been fun seeing all these pictures of what I was looked like when I was thin and had hair.
3: If I could go down a small tangent, side rabbit hole, little bitty, I saw Dave Matthews Band live this week. I was not a Dave Matthews fan. I might be now. There you go. Oh. Are, you guys, are you guys fans at all?
2: I mean, I, I was a long time ago, and I still have an appreciation for it, but I wouldn't call myself a fan these days. Okay. It's yeah, just I'd- sort of like I hear it and go, oh, yeah, okay. That reminds me of a certain time in my life.
0: Yep.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I don't dislike Dave Matthews, but uh, it is my understanding that the live show and then like listening to the music are two very different animals. Like... I'm sure if I saw Dave Matthews band live I'd be like this is amazing. It's an experience and, uh, you if know. you will. Yeah, it's like I went to saw I want to saw Fish live once. Mm. They were outstanding. I I'm not listening to a bunch of Fish albums. Like it's just you don't have that kind this. of
0: time on your hands for the exactly. 4 hours kind of car jam.
1: <laughs> I mean, I do like their album Farmhouse, but like generally speaking like their songs are their songs are good, but like seeing them live was just a whole different experience. It was like this is amazing so
3: you know it's uh
1: bands but hey dave matthews band good stuff right talented people in that that band
3: dave matthews is very endearing and i have to say i am 100 percent a fan at least of his live performances and i just need to put that out there because if anybody else is a fan of dave matthews i want to hear about it
1: it's you know, I bet there's at least three other people in the world who are fans of Dave Matthews. At least three.
3: I was with at least Two one of them. them. <laughs> no, Dennis isn't really That's a fan.
0: True. So, um, Angie's best friend came down here to, well, I'm assuming to go see Dave Matthews, and it just so happens that it'd be in the town that we live in. Um, so they, she's been—I don't want to say—traveling with. Dave Matthews like 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 Grateful Dead style, but she's been listening and going to shows for twenty plus years, and she yeah. th- she had, most of the time takes her husband. And last oh, was that last night of the night before. I'm like, well, how many shows have you seen for not being a Dave Matthews fan, if you will? And he's like, eighty three. It's like, holy shit! Yeah, that's, that's
3: a, a lot. lot, Dave Heckin Matthews. Yikes. yikes! Good goddamn! Yep.
1: Oh, to have that kind of time and money. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. yeah. And he he goes to less of them now because the money. Exactly right. Money is an issue. Um, and it was so that she could continue to go because it is like she is a number one super fan. It is like her ultra favorite thing in life. Like of the things she loves in life, in her top five, it's like. Her husband... Nope. I'll nope. put them in order. Dave Matthews, <laughs> yeah. me, her husband.
0: Yes. And then other.
3: <laughs> and then whatever else comes between four and five, I don't know. But I definitely know we're in the top three, but Dave is number one. Like,
0: And you just have to be okay with that. <laughs> that
3: level of love. Which, I yeah, it's one of the things I find charming about her. Yeah, it's just wild.
0: It's also awesome to go to a show with someone that gets that much joy out of
3: a show. For sure.
0: So... That it's was a completely the best different part. experience at that point as well. So and Dave Matthews does put on a very good show. So.
3: Yeah. It's great. Anyway, yeah, you TV. want to talk about television?
0: <laughs> yeah. I like TV.
1: What have you guys been watching, huh?
3: Oh, okay. Oh.
1: Besides Ted Lasso. We Ted, can't talk about the Ted Lasso finale.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna apologize right out the gate because we are one episode away from Completion and I have never asked this before, but I Chris wanted to discuss it, and I said I
1: really, really, really wanted to talk about what happened at the end of that show. I have so I've, many thoughts,
0: and for the first and now time, I gotta
1: wait another month. I don't want it spoiled.
0: You. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because of what I we just saw and what we feel is gonna happen, and like it's it's such a good show. But I I, I apologize, and we will talk heavily about it probably next next recording because it's such a good show
1: when i the, mean like,
0: when ted finally
1: lifts thor's hammer and, <laughs> and it's, it's, yells avengers assemble <laughs> yeah it's it's totally earned yeah. It's it's great <laughs> a now i it. have
2: to watch avengers tomorrow <laughs> damn it i mean not damn it but damn it
0: our two friends that came to stay um Dennis wanted to start like he heard about Ted Lasso and he wanted to start watching it so i just you know sat him down in front of the plex and he started at the beginning of you know the show and i would pop in every once in a while and go oh yeah yeah that guy's going to get really good and oh have you seen this part yet are we at <laughs> that no okay so buckle up because they like oh see- so, and I just got absorbed into the show again.
3: Jamie, Jamie, <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> yeah.
0: but yes, I apologize. We will talk more about Ted. Um, I'm going to throw out what I was watching outside of, um, <laughs> how I met your mother. How I met your mother. I have, I don't know if I've de- de- discussed this before, but like I have fall asleep shows where it's usually ghost hunters. Um, But now I've come across – there was this show, um, Unexplained, with – oh, fuck, Star Trek. um, Shatner. Shatner. William Shatner as the host. And I like that, but, you know, Shatner, you can only take so much, okay? Like, eventually it gets to be too much. There is this show called History's Greatest Mysteries, and it's it's voiced by and hosted by Morpheus. Um, Okay? It's fucking amazing, Florence <laughs> Fishburne. Florence Fishburne. That's okay, fine. but like the the it's the first um, season went. It, it was like it was real short, like five episodes. But it talked about the Titanic, um, the escape of John Wilkes Booth, uh, Roswell, and so like it, the and uh, DB Cooper. <laughs> Like, that's the range of this show in just the first couple of episodes, and they, like, go back in and try to figure out why things were done in a certain way, and they try to, you know, like, it's just, it just deep dives into these things more so... It's like an hour and a half of them saying, well, we're going to figure this out. And they never figure it out. It's not the point of the show, but it's like just a history lesson of all these really, really cool topics. And it's so soothing because Lawrence What was the
3: one that they were driving through the ice on on the giant boat and then they kept getting stuck and then they lost their submarine? Like nothing went right.
0: (laughs) It was the hunt for Shackleton's ice ship. So there was a ship that was trying to circumvent the the globe via the cold spot. The cold part. (laughs) Like I don't know why they went that way. But the ship Got trapped. It was a, uh, like a wooden ship. Ship got trapped in the ice and sank. And and as they were going to find this ship, their giant brand new boat kept getting ice locked, and they would have to take this four thousand gallon gas tank on a crane and swing it back and forth on the boat to make the boat rock to then break the ice and then keep mo- like it was amazing. <laughs> And they didn't find right, the ships.
1: So, so my question is: I have two things. Sure. Thing number one: uh, Anytime somebody says John Wilkes Booth, I'm reminded of the state sketch, uh, Lincoln Logs, the unauthorized bi- <laughs> bi- biography of uh, Abraham Lincoln, okay. where Ben Garrett plays a, a, like a coked out Abraham Lincoln, which is just amazing, really and like he's like he's about to like cheat he's about to like screw his secretary and then like this little dude walks in and he's like john wilkes booth i'll kill you for what you've seen here kill you i say all i care about is sex and booze and pills damn this country and everyone in it (laughs) that's
2: where that comes from
0: yeah no they didn't touch upon that aspect of abraham lincoln so failure yeah i know the other one
1: is how much wood would a wood ship ship if woodship could ship wood?
0: That is is an unanswerable question. Um I'm hoping that it'll come up in a later season. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But yeah, that's that's my my new Sooth to Sleep show and it is working. I, I I've, it's like a half hour, 40 minutes, and then I'm out, and there's still a whole other episode, or a whole other, ha- like, these are long episodes, too. Like, it's great. It's great. I really am enjoying the hell out of it. So, I recommend it. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm glad to hear it. I, I could use uh, something to get me to sleep, because I'm exhausted all the time. Oh, right. It's because I keep playing out Yeah,
0: that's a problem. You're, you're doing that to yourself. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's my own I'm, fault. I'm sure yeah. you guys have seen the uh, the meme of, like, a highway exit where there's like a car swerving to get onto the exit and then a sign above it and it tells you like two things. And I I came across one recently that where this staying on the highway was like going to bed at a reasonable hour. Mm -hmm. And the exit sign was marked you know playing more tears of the kingdom and i sent it to the i sent it to him from bed which i had already gone to while he was playing tears of the kingdom i see nothing wrong with this this is this is yeah i mean this is what it's like around here you
0: have to understand that there have been conversations without me between chris and angela about us getting a switch i don't
3: know what you're talking about
0: like those conversations have happened and I, I i don't know if i have the the hours in my life because i feel it'll become an addiction you don't so
3: oh yuck there was no such conversation this is all lies <clears throat> so oh my yeah.
2: god this dog is so useless there's a scary spider
0: oh i'll take
1: care of it thank you
0: be right back folks <laughs> i so want to hear him scream in the background <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. he's fine it's just i'm terribly terribly arachnophobic oh and i can't just let one like crawl away got you like then i don't know where it is (laughs) yeah (laughs) you do know where it is karen it's coming for you (laughs) and the dog is just laying there like asleep as it crawls past her like i know you're a dog and not like a cat was probably a better bug hunter but still
0: our cat Make lets us know where bugs are. That's it. Like it, it still leaves it up to us to take care of the situation.
3: Yeah, sometimes it just kind of feels like he's looking at it like, "Mother, <laughs> deal with this. Get this
0: pest out of my way."
3: <laughs> yes. This inconvenience. great job. Make
1: sure that rug doesn't float up to the ceiling. That's what they do. That's what they
0: do. So yeah, that's what I got. So who else,
1: who else has got some TV? Huh? Who else has been watching something fun and interesting? Okay. Who else saw Fast Ten? Sorry, Fast X.
3: That's not TV. So I, I refuse. Anyway, I'm not Evan, taking as that. as soon bait. as that
1: is available, oh shit, yeah, we need it. We need it. Karen couldn't come with us to the theater, and and she needs to see it. I mean, I, does I,
3: anyone need I, to sh- see it?
2: Honey,
1: this. I need to see it. No, you need to you need to see it.
2: <laughs> it needs
1: to be seen to I be believed. I need that
2: level of stupid in my life right now as like anesthetic to the, all the bullshit. That's fair. I'll allow it.
0: I'll allow it. <laughs>
3: uh, okay, so I'll go because I, I guess it's probably pretty quick, but it's so. I'm just so excited about it every time I watch it. Uh, Yellow Jackets season two has been airing. Uh, the last episode, I have, just like Ted Lasso, I have not yet watched. However, uh i did watch the entire rest of the season and like i actually got one of my friends uh we've had a lot of visitors lately so my friend travis was also in town he's not a big tv watcher and i even got him to start watching this show like he went home and was like all right so i gave your dumb tv show another chance what's up with this crazy girl and why is this happening and what?" <laughs> and i was like "Ha sucker um so he's in He's watching it, and uh, I just, I don't know, like, I guess I'm just a fucked up person, because I really like shows like this, and the direction that the show has gotten, it's just like, it's cooler and cooler to see how things develop. There are definitely a few things that I've been kind of like, uh, I don't know, um, but for anyone who hasn't listened to me talk about it before, the premise of the show is, Pretty much a soccer team from New Jersey full of teenage girls uh, is on an airplane that crashes, and then they get stranded in the woods because, spoiler, not really a spoiler, uh, one of the teammates finds the black box that's supposed to, you know, like help them get found, and somehow, teenager, manages to smash it with a rock. Um,
0: wait, wait a second. Wait. Yep. The black box survived the plane crash but a child with a rock destroyed it.
3: Basically it was damaged enough that there was a part that had wires that she had to hit it with a rock. And then the wire, that part like popped out and she ripped the wires out from the inside.
1: Mm-hmm. If yeah. you want to know more about the show, check out this week's episode, episode 254,
3: where it was our, uh, <laughs> primer,
1: our, our main feature. It,
3: it was. Oh, nice. thank you. Wow. Thanks Chris. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the first season was kind of like establishing characters. You're looking at the survivors who made it out of the woods 20 years later. Um, it's a limited cast. The second season introduces a couple more of the characters that you were unsure of after the first season. And the thing that's wild is like, I can see how they're getting their, how they're going down the path that they were leading toward. In the first season. But I still feel like I'm so severely lacking in answers. And I have no idea. Again I haven't seen the last episode of the season. I don't imagine it's going to give me that much information. But I have no idea where it's going to go in season 3. And then the people in the present. Shit is just getting more and more wild. Um, So it was. You know. They're in the woods in the past. Trying to survive. And it's all the things they experience. From starvation to. um, Like cannibalism to uh just the the struggles of surviving the hallucinations like the the mental strain just a lot of shit and you've like really feel for these kids and then it flashes forward and like some of the adults are just making like really crazy decisions and a lot of it is the fact that like apparently for whatever reason i don't know if there's more that's going to be revealed nothing that's happened so far has made me think like uh yeah nobody should have talked about this um but they've made this pact that like they're not going to talk about it and it seems like one person may have possibly gone to therapy for it a little bit but for the most part none of them have shared about it so all of them are fucked up and traumatized from this and one of the characters uh has this tendency to sleepwalk but it turns out that it's Possibly not just sleepwalking, but, like, an, a whole other personality. And it's really interesting, but, like, we haven't gotten that much out of it. Also, there's a character, Misty, who is played by Christina Ricci. And then um, this season, they introduced a character uh, who is played by Elijah Wood, who is, like, the perfect pairing with this character with Christina Ricci's character in the show and I am like so conflicted about whether or not I should be rooting for this or like terrified because she's kind of a psychopath kind of uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about the show but I know that she is based she is a psychopath
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a kind about it she is
3: yeah no she, for sure you're right and I, I just I haven't uh I don't I just I don't I don't know if like he's definitely as crazy as her, but I just don't know if I should be rooting for them. I, just, I can't. I, I can't bring myself to do it just yet. Um, but overall, I I think the the actors in both seasons, in both general or past and I guess present in the instance of the show, it's just really interesting. It, it's phenomenal to see. Like, I would like to know more about the making of this show, and I'm waiting till I get through this uh, season to dive into it so that I don't get anything spoiled. Um, But I'd be really curious to know, like, who was working on the show and did they have a background in anthropology or sociology? Because there's just, like, behaviors that they exhibit that at some point like their coach for example who was the authority figure and the guy that they kept deferring to in the beginning and they would look to for advice well he lost a leg in the first two episodes so like he has been on the mend and recovering and needing more help than he has been help um, and like they're turning on him and he's watching this happen and he knows he has no control so he starts just like dissociating and, like, it's just really, really interesting how, how they're slowly, like, they're becoming tribal and spiritual. And, like, one of the girls was, like, on antipsychotics, but the show made this suggestion that, like, maybe the girl was actually psychic. Um, But then, like, the way that the girls, like, some of the girls defer to her, but others don't, and the things that they choose to believe, I it just, it's really cool to me. I really like it. Um, and the shenanigans that ensue in, in present day, they do a good job of mixing, like, funny and creepy. Um, and this season, for the first time, they actually incorporated what I think might be the villain, like, the overarching villain, which is basically, like, a mystical presence. I'm, I haven't figured out yet if it's actually a thing or if it's um like an external thing or if it's an internal thing and i'm i'm pretty sure that there's an actual like external threat to the whole group um and they're finally starting to reveal it i'm hoping that it's not going to ruin everything for me because like some of i think what makes the show so good for me has been the mystery and the fact that like there are some things that you're like yeah there was definitely external stuff going on here um but like you know sometimes it's when you reveal the monster that everything falls apart like
1: like the smoke monster from lost yes it's actually just a dude
3: yes like the monster in jeepers creepers not that great um but yeah so that's that's what i've been watching um i did a full rewatch of the first season there was a lot of stuff that i actually missed so it was kind of cool to go back and see it um i just i don't know i wanted to keep going Okay, I'm tired. The end. <laughs>
0: good show. Yes, I know. Every time I'm I walk into to the hear, room, it's
2: wild. I'm glad to hear that it is so good. I, I just can't. We can't handle dark things on TV in our out in our home mm-hmm. these days. So uh, I couldn't stick with it, but uh, I was interested in it.
1: Yeah, it was definitely like an interesting show. Just like. A little too much, a little too much gloom for for me.
3: Well, it I definitely has it. Like it's it's categorized as a mystery, but honestly, guys, like it's like a horror mystery. Like there's, and and what I think is really fascinating too. I pointed this out to a friend of mine. I was watching it. Is the choices that they will make with how they portray gore or the lack thereof and what they choose to show and what they choose not to show it feels really deliberate like it it, it feels like and yes of course it's a television show they're going to be intentional about these things but it feels as though they're not gratuitous with the gore but they don't pull away from it like when it makes a point in the story they will show blood or gore or something and it feels like because they have been so intentional with it, the moments where you see it, it is truly more horrific because they don't show it all the time. And so, yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot of dark stuff. I think, though, there are things like there's a a, um, a murder that happens in the first season that I had talked about. Uh, a murder. A <laughs> murder. And... Um, the guy dies and then these women are trying to cover it up and the way that they go about some of this is like actually really funny um and some of the stuff that happens like even when they're kids it's like i think this is the part that's hard because i'm a horror fan like there's some stuff that i laugh at and i'm like i don't know how you guys would handle it so I think if you ever get to a space where you can watch it and just take it with, like, a grain of salt, it's worth it. But I totally respect the fact that, like, yeah, if you're a person who doesn't like to watch things that are, like, heavy or dark, this is probably not going to be a show for you. You probably need something more lighthearted. So that's a very good point. I
1: like things that are heavy and dark sometimes, mm. but there's just comes a certain point where it's just like, you no, know, this is all awful all the time. Yeah. There's no hope. It's just sadness. And no, it's like, this you know isn't what? that. that I, I've got enough of that in my real life. So unless it's like ultra compelling, like it's, unless it's just like ridiculously compelling, mm. uh, then I'm just I'm just not in. I'm, I'm out. I got I got to tag out.
3: Eh, fair. Definitely fair. This is not like like I had to stop watching evil because that that did go down a very dark path. And I couldn't. I couldn't go where the show was taking me, even when it felt like they were trying to have some humor about it. It just, I, I didn't want to go in the direction that they were leading their viewers. So I can definitely understand where that could be a struggle. And, uh, I totally respect it, man. Like, I hope that if you guys ever want to watch it, you get the chance. And if you don't like, that's cool. I can, I'll just keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can go into more detail sometime in the future. I just know that this is not the main topic of our evening. And, um, I don't want to go too far into it but highly recommend it for anyone who might be into that kind of thing
0: <clears throat> worse
2: well speaking of things that are not dark <laughs> mm-hmm. is it okay if i talk about the finale of mrs mazel yes
3: do it is yes. it a series or show or a season series oh nice okay wow really uh yeah <laughs>
2: So, the, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel has come to an end. Um, and we got the title mentioned in the finale episode. Oh, like nice. the Where the title came from. Um, so, the whole season has been really uh, kind of all over the place, but not in a bad way. Um, but just uh, kind of flashing forward to the future and back and, you know just kind of all over the place to explain um the whole point of the season is when is she going to get her big break and we learn through flash forwards fairly early on that she does become like mega famous like super super successful um and there's some you know uh indication that something happened at some some point in along the way in her career with um Susie, where they stop being friends for a while. Um, you get a lot of, like, what happened with her kids, what happened with uh, Joel, um, even what happened with her parents. Um, and they bring in the characters in these, like, really interesting ways where it's like, even though they wouldn't really be the focus of whatever, like, the flash-forward is there's like an organic way to to have them there and still like make good use of the cast because the cast is just so fucking great <laughs> um so she ends up um like towards the beginning of the season after 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 last season's like finale where Lenny Bruce takes her on stage at uh, Carnegie Hall and is like don't think don't basically you take whatever you can get and don't um blow this opportunity blow any opportunities that come your way cuz she had a policy that she was only going to do headlining gigs last season and that didn't really work out for her so she decides to trust Susie and just take what she can get and listen to um Lenny's advice and uh ends up working as a writer on a late night show uh, which is not really her gig and then she becomes kind of obsessed with the idea of of getting, like, an appearance on the talk show as a guest, as a comedian. Uh, and that ends up being what her big break, where her big break comes from. And it's just, the way they build up to it the whole season was really, really remarkable. Um, and the, the, the bit of stand-up that she gets to do on the show is a culmination of the entire series oh. and it's so awesome. gorgeous and so brilliant um and it's funny but it's also really poignant um and it's it says a lot about like you know sh- her her struggle and like women in general and like where they are i guess this isn't the mid to late 60s by the time this happens so um you know her her monologue is like groundbreaking for its time there's not any woman anywhere saying what she's saying on a national tv show uh and it was it's just really incredible um yeah I don't know what else to say about it, except it really went out very well i there was i I have one minor complaint with it, which is that I wish that that the her um relationship with lenny had ended differently, but that's because Luke Kirby and Rachel Rosnahan have amazing chemistry, and I just want to see a million scenes with them <laughs> <laughs> so Um, i understand that they what why they did what they did but it just was like oh why why couldn't he just like get off heroin and be in love with her and be on the show more Uh. um yeah and i also like the thing that really struck me is they they made a point of showing that she was not a very present mother to her young kids in the like main timeline of the show and then they did flash forward to show the kids as adults and what their relationship was with her as adults and how uh how her lack of really being a very good mother um affected them and i thought that was important to show like yeah, she was a super su- successful career woman and entertainer. Um, but there is true as it was true as then as it is now. There is no having it all. Like, she just wasn't a very good mom. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last scene, she's, um, you know, she's older. It's like mm, early 2000s, and she's older. She's probably about the age that her parents are in the main timeline of the show. And she's like wandering through a very large, very luxurious New York apartment with no one around her, not Joel, not her kids. She's just all by herself in this big place, and then she ends up on the phone with Susie because that's the one relationship that has lasted uh the her whole lifetime. um gotcha
3: but it's kind it, of it really like
2: made this just very incredible. Point. and I enjoyed it very much and i will probably returned to it many times in my life um,
1: I thought it was a pretty wonderful finale I, I did have some some complaints uh, just about things that I wanted to see I guess get wrapped up a little tighter you know we didn't on one hand I'm sort of glad we didn't get to see her reaction to Lenny Bruce death uh we just got to see like her reaction to the fact that there was nothing she could do about the path that he was on um so I guess that was kind of sort of okay um yeah. there was a whole thing about you know Susie and her having a falling out and you never got to see how that got resolved just that there was a a plan for the two of them to see each other but we never got to see that um so I was kind of sad that we didn't get to actually see the two of them work things out, which just kind of you know happened off screen, which is kind of a bummer. Um, that said, uh, there were a couple of things in particular that I thought were really, really great this season, like uh, the whole thing with um, Susie and the mob coming to a head, uh, you know, working with those guys that were like, hey, this is kind of funny until it wasn't uh, <laughs> until it was like, oh, shit, these guys are. Dangerous. This is this is bad. Uh, and I thought that was handled pretty well, but my favorite thing of the season was uh, was Abe, her dad. And they did this whole thing where uh, they would they flashed back in time to a uh, uh, Joel getting ready to propose to Midge, and like Abe sat him down and was like, "There's a thing with Maisel men that when you have your first son, he's gonna be a genius. It's not gonna seem like much at first, but there's gonna be some sort of thing that makes him a genius. It's just always been a thing." With 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 Maisel men, they're always a genius, and like that didn't happen. Like their son Ethan has been kind of a dumbass for the entire show. It's like (laughs) kind of been a running gag. Um,
2: I think it was supposed to be when they turned six,
1: right? When they turned six, that was it. Um, so Ethan's always been kind of a dumbass, and uh, they they came to this point where he realized that uh, he he was like trying to teach Ethan how to play piano. And uh, he was off-screen uh, listening, and then all of a sudden the song he was trying to teach Ethan was like being played beautifully on piano. And uh, he came out into the room, and it was their his granddaughter Esther playing instead of Ethan. And he was just completely dumbfounded by it. And it, it led to this amazing scene where uh, Abe's sitting around a table with a, a couple of the friends he works with, the Village Voice, and he has this whole thing about how He's proud of Miriam for doing what she's doing and wondering what she could have been had he been uh, supportive of her. Eh. Because he he never was. He was never supportive of her at all because she wasn't his son. You know, she he was super supportive of his son and he became relatively successful, but midge has like insane levels of talent like she's so bright and so uh, incredible and most of her life she's just been a housewife you know until this whole shit went down and he was just wondering what what he could what she could have possibly been if he had shown her the same level of support and it was just this this realization of just like you know during the time at that time and you know, obviously to an extent now too but like at that time in particular like just women were not equals and it was this incredible dawning on him of just like shit there's so much potential that's just being wasted because of
2: patriarchy
1: patriarchy <laughs> and utterly pointless <laughs> and, and passive misogyny and um you do find out earlier on in the season um that uh Esther turns out to be very successful and incredibly smart. Just, you know, she doesn't have a very good relationship with her mom. Um, that was, that was fast. That was, that was the super highest point for me. I, I was, I was so dumbfounded by that scene. I thought it was incredibly acted and just really well written. And I can't wait to see what, uh, what this team does next. Cause you know, I loved Gilmore girls it was a great show. It's got its faults, but it's it's an immensely watchable TV show, and this has a follow-up to it, right? Because this is what the Paladinos did after Gilmore Girls, right? There wasn't something in between?
2: There was Bunheads, very briefly.
1: Oh, I don't even remember that.
2: Yeah, we didn't watch it.
1: But this seems like it took everything that um, Gilmore Girls did so well as far as, like, you know, this kind of unrealistic writing like the way people talk like people don't really talk like this but they they grounded it a little bit more but also gave it so much more interesting gravity um this show from the get-go felt like this really great um evolution of what they were doing with with gilmer girls it just seemed like all right we got this done now let's this is the next thing. This is the, this is the proper evolution of it. And I thought it was just an amazing show top to bottom. I'm so glad it ended on its own terms. You know, it's not like a thing that got canceled and had to, you know, be rushed or end on any kind of cliffhanger. It just, it told its story. It had its ending. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was brilliant.
3: Nice. Very
2: cool. Co-signed.
3: Yeah. You guys have made me want to watch it. It's just one of those things I haven't gotten to. I guess I gravitate more toward the dark and moody. and I
2: gravitate towards period and comedy Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and next month you get to hear what I thought of Ted Lasso
3: (laughs) it's only a month away folks
1: oh there'll be thoughts
0: there will be
1: thoughts I have many
0: Mm. I'm gonna have
1: to find somebody else to talk to him about because I'm not waiting a month to talk about the end of this
0: show we're gonna watch it either like once we get off of this recording or tomorrow like it's not gonna (laughs) sit long
3: (laughs) bonus episode special episode <laughs> what are we doing here hey, after chat <laughs> if after we could chat. schedule it <laughs> yeah hey i'm helping oh, well. with that now so that should work uh,
0: anywho Don't what do you, are you gonna discuss something else chris
1: yeah okay. uh, i had a a couple of things uh come to mind uh which one do I go with? I'm, I'm like flipping a mental coin over which show I want to go with. Because like on one hand, uh, I wanted. To, nah, I'll I'll just I'll bang this this part out real quick. I would love this. I would love to talk about Law and Order in detail, uh, but I will just say that this season, as I said before, we finished watching it. Uh, this season is was great. It was uh, it was everything that the last season wasn't. It really felt like Law and Order top to bottom when we were watching this season there were, it was rarely felt like a slog it was very like yep this is not based in reality and that's fine um it was just fun to do the whole like point at things be like oh that guy's fucked oh no that guy did it you know oh, who's he gonna chase after <laughs> it was great it's great law and order but the show i really want to talk about uh, is i have recently started doing a rewatch of star trek the next generation Ooh,
0: i have not watched in.
1: this show since i was a kid um Oh, side note, speaking of shows uh haven't seen since, since I was a kid, yesterday, uh, Disney Plus got uh, all the Indiana Jones, including the Young Indiana Jones. It's <laughs> on <laughs> Disney Plus now.
0: Wow, Young Indiana Jones, I remember that show.
1: That yeah, good. I barely remember that show. But uh,
2: Raise your hand if you had a teenage crush on Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> just me? Okay, and cool. Just, Sorry. <laughs> and she's too young to have a, had a teenage crush on sean patrick Flannery.
3: so star trek
1: next gen it wasn't that um wow uh so we just finished watching what uh, uh we finished watching picard which was kind of this uh
2: <clears throat> extension of tng
1: yeah it really felt like a, a a series finale sort of for next generation like it was it was just very next gen the, the third season of picard um more, way more so than the first two uh and it kind of just kind of got me on this kick of like all right what am i going to background watch like let's see i have wanted to rewatch this for years now and i've never gotten around to it because it's a daunting task there's like 40 bajillion hours of this show mm-hmm. um so i i decided to just kind of go for it and i'm like a couple episodes into season two right now and it's on one hand it's kind of surprising to me how much of it is familiar like like i said i have not watched a lick of this show since i was a, a kid since it aired um and uh, i you know, i used to watch it with my dad and you know, I, was, I was pretty young so it, it's kind of cool how much of it stuck with me uh after all these years like just seeming familiar not, not like i remember every word but be like i'd come across an, an episode and be like i kind of sort of remember this one yeah I, I i remember this that that that's interesting um it's a really good show, uh, which I guess shouldn't be all that surprising considering how long it ran and how well thought of it is. I mean like it's super rough around the edges in season one. I've heard a lot of people say like season one is straight up bad, but I I definitely would not go that far because like it's pretty cheesy, but I, I mean I was genuinely entertained by it. Like there were several episodes where I'd be like doing something else and I'd just kind of like stop and be like i really need to see what happens next like i'm i'm really interested in what's happening (laughs) um but it's also super weird because like i really remember certain i remember where the show ended up after season one but in season one like Worf's not the security officer uh jordy is not the uh, chief of engineering like they're both red shirts on the on on the main deck and it's like what are you doing like this girl Uh, Tasha Yar is uh, the the chief security officer, and she's like, she's perfectly fine, but she gets pretty unceremoniously killed, like, most of the way through the season. (laughs) And then in season two, Worf takes over security. Because, like, that's his thing the entire time. He's like, they keep talking to him about things, and he just seems perfectly suited for that job. But Jordy, in particular, like, he's a freaking pilot. But, like, all he talks about is tech stuff. He's better at tech stuff than anybody else on the show. And it's like, what the hell is this guy doing up here piloting the ship? Why isn't he in engineering? And in season two, they they correct that. They put him down in engineering because that's where it belongs. Um, also,
3: I do want to point out when I she remember, dies. What uh, what is it, Tasha, whatever? Like when uh-huh. she di- I was like, like they all act really upset for like a minute, and then they're like, <laughs> "All right, back to business." And I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. Do we actually care? Am I supposed to care about this?"
1: Because I didn't. Mm-mm. I was like, oh. Is she dead now? Because I I don't remember how she got off the show. I just knew she wasn't around anymore. And then, like, that dude threw her, and she was dead. And I was like, wow, she's just dead now, huh? Yeah. And they're all just kind of over it. Yeah. I guess I am, too. (laughs)
3: Yeah. It was like, ah, space thing's dead. Okay, well, anyone want to go get pizza? It's like, what the fuck?
1: She would have wanted it that way. (laughs) She was a big fan of pizza. She
3: doesn't want shit. She's dead.
1: <sighs> so, yeah, I also, I didn't, I didn't remember, it seemed so modern when I was a kid, because it was, um, but looking at it through the lens of today,
2: uh-huh. it's
1: astonishing how much that show has in common with the original series. Um, Like, just a, it, it feels more like original recipe Star Trek in a lot of ways in season one than like. What Deep Space Nine eventually was, uh, which is is pretty neat to pretty neat to see, you know. Riker didn't have a beard in season one, like uh, with the
0: it super weird. weird.
1: But it's such a fun show. It's such an interesting show. Um, it's aged pretty well. I haven't come across much that's been like, ooh, that's that's terrible. Because anything that's like sexist or or mostly you know the kind of stuff you'd run into is like some some degree of misogyny but it's always coming from like alien species and they're always just like like the 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 star trek crew is always like yeah humanity grew out of that a long time ago and i'm like i fucking wish show (laughs) i fucking wish yeah they always talk about
2: what that was the whole point of of like the whole premise of star trek is like they're a much better society than we have now right
1: yeah the whole thing is like yeah we figured out the replicator comes along, so like material needs, nobody that nobody has them anymore. We can replicate whatever we want for anyone. So now it's and nobody
2: just, tried to make a profit off
1: of it. Exactly, and that's why it would never happen because the replicator <laughs> was was invented today. Someone would patent that shit, and like, you know, no way, absolutely no way would that be a, a thing that everybody could use. But that's what that's the whole Star Trek thing was like. People don't have material needs anymore. We solved world hunger. We've solved everything. Uh, now we're just trying to live in the dream, live the dream, be better and uh, explore the universe and stuff. And it's freaking great. But it's that part of it is like super frustrating to me because it's like then I just hear on the radio what's happening in the world. And it's like, Wow we're never gonna get there (laughs) it's awful all the time it's there's just relentless awfulness uh from everybody in charge of every facet of 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 humanity like we failed it's done game over (laughs) but star treks need to watch so that's fun it's really fun show and i'm i'm sticking with it i'm uh you know, occasionally looking for something uh, slightly different to to background watch right now, just because you know I just banged through a whole season and a half of Next Gen, and it's like, yeah, I could use a little bit of a little bit of something to shake things up. But you know, I come back to it; it's fun, great show, nice. That's all I got.
3: <laughs> I, I I will just say, Chris, it makes me want to go back and watch again because I had a few years now. Uh, a few years ago, I had started watching it, and the stuff you're saying where, like, it's aged well, I think I still struggle a little bit with the age of the show overall. Um, oh, I
1: mean, like, it's aged. Like, yeah. I When I say it's aged well, I mean, considering what it is, it it's aged surprisingly well. Right. I can't say that it aged completely well, but it has aged surprisingly well, considering yeah. it is... Science fiction from when this show aired,
3: uh, but it's, yeah, it's
1: definitely a it's definitely a product of its time. Like the uniforms yeah. are, they, they take some some getting used to, and you know it's it's shot in a pretty very specific way. But also, this show came on when Gene Roddenberry was still alive, so you know he was producing the show for crying out loud. So of course, it has a lot of more of that feeling of uh, original recipe Star Trek. Sans Shatner. <laughs>
0: That's French for without Shatner. Shatnerless. <laughs> I also love Data. He's great.
3: Oh, he's my favorite character.
1: Data's wonderful.
3: Did you watch the episode yet where they were, like, discussing whether or not. I can't remember what season it was. But discussing, like, uh, his rights? I guess. Uh, not
1: completely. Oh, although okay. I did go. Oh, in season two, that. Who was that? I don't remember this lady at all. That other doctor? Yeah. Like. So, like, all right. first off, Wesley is not nearly as bad as everyone said he was. Like, I remember being a kid watching the show, and I never thought much, I just never thought much of Wesley. Not, like, didn't think much of him, not that he was any good, just, like, never crossed my mind that there was anything wrong with Wesley as a character. But, like, apparently, like, people just hated Wesley watching the show when it originally aired. They were super pissed that there was, like, a kid on the show, and I think he's fine. He's fine. I got no problems with Wesley at all. Um, But, like, in the season two starts, and it's like Beverly Crusher's not on the ship. She's off being, like, the head of medicine at Starfleet Capital or some bullshit. And Wesley's, like, gonna go back and live with her. And he's like, I kind of want to stay on the Enterprise. And Picard's just like, dude, stay on the Enterprise. It's fine by me, but you got to clear it with your mom. And I'm like, so there's other doctor there, and she's just, like, all up in Data's business all the time. Be like, You're not alive, you piece of shit. You fucking thing. Like, ew. And she's just super rude to him all the time. And, like, everybody else on the ship is just completely 100% on board with with all of it, because it's Star Trek. Of course, they're like, some sort of authority says, this guy right here, he's alive. He's an android, but we have deemed him to be alive. And everybody just treats him like a person that's alive. Because that's what you do. But this doctor is just like, no, you're no, you're not alive. So I just watched the episode where, like, they did this weird holodeck thing where he tried to solve a Sherlock Holmes-style mystery because, like, her whole thing was, like, you could never do it because you're not alive. You don't have, like, deductive reasoning or something like that. And he was like, I accept your challenge. And, like, I was really waiting the whole episode for it to end in this big hold, big fat I told you so. And it just kind of didn't. It didn't end in, like, him not succeeding, but it turned into a whole thing because that was where they were like Jordy told the computer uh the holodeck to make um make a uh an adversary that could defeat data and so it created this version of moriarty that became self-aware and like they turned into this whole like mortal argument just like well I know I'm a holodeck program, but I am aware of my existence and I don't want to die. And like they're they're all like, well we have no protocols for this. Like we didn't know the holodeck could create something that was aware. So like you can't leave the holodeck because you physically can't leave the holodeck. You're not real, but we've created an actual consciousness here somehow, so we're gonna save your files and when we have a solution or something we'll get back to you <laughs> which was like, it was a really interesting thing they're like well shit we just generated artificial life and have no idea how to handle this so uh we'll put a pin in that and get the fuck out of dodge
3: yep, fascinating like a show well what else
1: that's it that's, that's it. all four of us right yeah yeah cool all right well on that note we're going to take ourselves a quick break when we come back and talk about some beef you're listening to this week's episode from geekade.com stick around hi everyone chris here podcast listening is free but podcast creation is not that's why the geekade patreon exists In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support GeekAid and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the GeekAid Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, It's time to talk about some beef. Uh, so, this is it's a show that Sorry. I was vaguely aware of, and then our friend Amanda, uh, she texted me for, for some advice on buying video games for our kids, as, you know, parents tend to do from time to time. Uh, <laughs> I, offer, I offer my services to our friends, and uh, <laughs> then we, we got to talking about TV a little bit, and then she mentioned that she just finished watching Beef, and it was really good, and I should watch it. I was like, alright, alright. Sure. I like... I like TV, so... Uh, so we, we watched Beef! Season 1, Episode 1, The Birds Don't Sing, They Screech in Pain. This is a Netflix show. Episode originally aired April 6th, 2023. Uh, starring Stephen Yeun and Ali Wong, among other humans. And it is, um, about a guy and some road rage, and a girl who really likes this gun... <sighs> And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I felt really weird after watching this. So,
0: so this person that recommended it to you, are they familiar with you? Like, I'm very much so. Okay, I'm curious as to what she listens to the
2: show. By the way, what's
3: up? Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Said she's a listener, Amanda.
2: So
0: I, I, okay. So after watching this episode. I then watched Ted Lasso and then got really upset at Beef for not giving me enough time to watch the second episode of Ted because I did not like the show at all. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't like this sh-
1: I didn't like it at all. I just I just don't know how I felt about it. It was it was a strange bit of television. Um <laughs> I like Stephen Young quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh I like them both.
1: Yeah, mm. I, I'm
0: I'm unfamiliar with her, but she was she was pretty good in this. Uh she was a friend. She was a she was a, she was in a show where she was like the best she was one of a best friend group. And hmm. I I'm gonna remember, but continue. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I like how you know she's got this like super traditional Husband kind of was the husband was super her her mother in law, yeah, was super traditional and clearly didn't think much of this lady. Uh, And her husband was pretty supportive, and like she was some sort of like successful artist, but she clearly feels completely trapped by her life. Whereas Stephen Young's just like his some stuff went down with his parents and they lost everything, and he's just trying to get his life together, and everything's not going well for him. Something about returning hibachi grills so I'm not sure he, I understood that completely I think he keeps oh, trying he to commit trying suicide he was trying to
2: kill himself with the hibachi right that's
1: right he kept buying them that's why he was returning them because he was trying to decide whether or not he was going to kill himself with the fumes from the hibachi grills because that was the most uh, effective the painless way to do it that's right I forgot all about that
0: um Ali Wong is from American Housewife that's where I know her from and I really liked her character in that show uh, okay
2: also I'll- her stand up is great.
0: Yes, that as well.
2: I um I had mixed feelings about the show too. I really liked some of the things that I had to say about like uh the immigrant experience and also like the um kind of the way a very small thing can just be like that one Thing that tips the whole balance of your life into like doing something that you wouldn't normally do
0: mm-hmm.
2: um like yes there was some really crazy shit that happened but also you could see how these people got to the point where they were
1: yeah yeah for sure like, like this
2: could have happened to any of us really
1: this was very you know to start off with some road rage and then you just kind of follow through with this crazy plan to follow through with his road
0: rage, and uh, the payoff was not peeing all over her bathroom. And that man needs to hydrate, because there was way too much yellow. She needs that, to yeah, I was going to say,
1: that was really unrealistic looking. <laughs> I assume it looked that way, just so that the audience could tell what it was. And yeah. so
2: that it could be visible on screen. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um. Now, they could have gone a different route. Instead of number one, they could have went number two. Just
0: an upper deck for later. And that would have been a lot
1: more visually uh, obvious, but also a tad more gross. I don't know. It was interesting. So I'll say that. It was, it was not a boring episode of television.
2: I kind of want to, like, yeah, off of one episode, uh, I'm not so sure. But the fact that I have seen, like, promotional material for this, like, promotional images for the show and it seems like at some point they end up teaming up
1: yeah and like,
2: i kind of want to know how that happens
1: the two of them did have some some solid chemistry together not like romantic chemistry per se just like but on like, screen they had some good on-screen chemistry so it's like i would be interested to see where this goes i just don't know if i'd be interested enough to keep watching it because i'm not sure i liked it but i definitely didn't not like it
3: <laughs> well i would say you know when evan and i watched it uh initially i wasn't sure how i felt about it um because i find parts of it intriguing so i thought that it's really like I, at one point i looked at evan and i was like i'm sorry for everything because the beginning first you have Danny who's getting in the car and he said something that Evan actually says almost every day and it was something like it can never be fucking easy like I literally hear that out of Evan's mouth constantly and the amount of anger that this show is capturing you know I I did feel compelled afterward to be like why did someone want to make a show that talks this much about anger in this episode, but like, I think that one of the things that what's ha- that's happening that kind of, that had to be inspiration for the show is the amount of rage that people are internalizing, the amount of elevated stress and anxiety that people have experienced due to COVID. Um, mm-hmm. and like the, the way that cultural norms and expectations for, uh, people affect what they're experiencing and right down to the fact that like he is in a position like Danny all he wants to do is find a place of safety and stability and then she appears to have that Amy that is and she doesn't she she doesn't seem to like uh, i guess that gun being in the safe i don't know what the fuck that was about it almost i thought at first it was a fantasy about like suicide as well like maybe she was having ideation and and then it was definitely something else um but then like you know that that especially that um that sense of family like you know in korea like same as in chinese culture same as in japanese culture you're gonna have that like weight of like oh you need to take care of family and this and that and the other thing and seeing the the one i guess it's danny's was it danny's brother the gamer yeah i think so yeah he has like completely just checked out and and like I think it's just seeing that struggle, right? Like so all he's trying to do is make things better and it seems to get worse. And then you have Amy who appears to have everything that a person could want and all these people keep saying how they admire and adore her and internally she's a fucking rage monster. And I think it's that idea of like face also like I'm wondering if there's maybe some commentary that's coming up uh in eastern culture about face i'm not sure yet um even the fact that like you're, they're bringing in like korean japanese trauma um like there's there's a lot that they're bringing into this that i like the fact that it's kind of centered around these these korean characters but it's relatable to everybody Mm -hmm. And I think that that feeling of rage, especially when she goes home and Amy is talking to her husband, she parks in the garage and he comes out and he goes, babe, like that, like that line about the fucking gratitude journaling, the deep breaths. (laughs) You have to
0: concentrate more on the positive.
3: Yeah. I have actively said things like that to Evan. Like, (laughs) I I am the husband in that scene and he is Amy, like 100%. And I just looked at him and I was like, I'm so sorry. Because in that moment, you have all that context of what she's been feeling and experiencing and going through. And then when when you butt that up with the husband walking into the room and into that emotion that she's feeling and then he cannot connect... Mm -hmm. it's even it's so isolating for her like and you're watching this and it was so fucking apparent and then i like i looked at evan and i was like jesus christ this is probably how he feels every goddamn day but like that show gave me a way to as a person like even though evan and i have talked about this as a topic as as a concern the show gave me a visual and a way that i could sort of wrap my head around what is it like to be evan person who presents as somebody really jovial and kind who cares deeply about people in his life but who is fucking angry like
0: that's my secret
3: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i
2: that's what i found really relatable especially about about amy's character is like she's been working really hard and you know the face that she puts on when she's like in her gallery and she's super polite to all these like super patronizing white women who come into her her gallery and are like, you know, act like they know what they're talking about when they really don't seem to know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to make that business deal with that crazy woman who's
3: obsessed with mushrooms. With
2: mushrooms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just like she's been working on it and, and it's... Kind of putting herself like holding back who she is mm-hmm. in order to be more palatable to to make try and make these things that she wants to happen happen, and it's not working, and she's been doing it for a really long time, and all of us, I think, have felt like that at one point or another in some like professional setting that like you know you feel like you have to do what you have to do to make something work because it's gonna pay off eventually right mm-hmm. but yeah. it, what's gonna happen first is it going to pay off or are you going to lose your fucking mind <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i found that pretty compelling about this
3: and the blatant like when when somebody was oh my god when that girl was like uh and I, or what, what the fuck she, or she, she said, like she said something in japanese and she's like Well, that's whatever in Japanese right and I was like oh bitch no (laughs) like oh and the thing is like I think that was relatable too because she's trying so hard to be respectful Mm -hmm. and as a white person who has like since I was a little girl been obsessed with Japanese culture and like always fantasized about like going to Japan or being able to speak fluent Japanese and then just like being that person who's in a room where you know all the women are around you talking and thinking you can't understand them and then you can just insert yourself in that conversation like I used to think about stuff like that and I will say like I don't I I don't know why I guess just from knowing these actors like I knew that they were playing a Korean role and when somebody misidentified that I was like oh no but like that's a common thing that people do, right? So Mm -hmm. like, that's, I felt like it was both like so frustrating and embarrassing, but then also relatable. Like I am a white person who has absolutely done that to somebody else. And it's just one of those like, oh fuck, like I've probably been that person. Um, But then also again, watching these people in this context and being able to just completely relate like so much to and to two totally different socioeconomic classes Mm -hmm. um yeah so i there's stuff that i that i was finding in this episode bar i was like it felt uncomfortable but it also felt like somebody was putting people who are struggling with depression and anger and self-expression on a screen in front of me and saying hey like this content's created by people that understand what you're going through and that to me is something like as much as I wasn't sure I was enjoying the show it made me want to watch another episode and see where this goes so yeah I would say that honestly I think it's really well done
1: Yeah, it is. I would agree. I think it. I think it was a well done show. I'm not sure if sure if it is the right show for me, but I was mm-hmm. definitely intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to wind up watching any more. If at any point in the future, we've we've got a lot on our plates. Uh, but I'm I'm glad we watched it. It was certainly
0: interesting. Mm. The dude
1: did eat <laughs> a lot of burgers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it was yeah, it, that they, was, they were, was that stress days, eating chicken. It looked like Burger King chicken sandwiches, which I didn't like. It just looked so horrible. <laughs> 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 just kept shoving fries. It into also his face.
2: seemed like you know what was available to him on his budget in a you know shitty position that he was in. I was like, okay, well, menu. I guess I'm gonna. I'm really hungry, and and this is the way I can get the most food for my money, even though it's shitty food. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: He ate a uh, lot. He stuffed himself. He,
2: <laughs> Reminded me of how I ate my uh, double quarter pounder on my way home after two hours of being at dance recital, dress rehearsal. <laughs> it was just like, double please get this cheese. McDonald's
3: mm-hmm. burger into me, even though
2: it's disgusting. I'm so hungry.
3: Yeah, I was trying to understand what the, I guess, like of that was like was he was he eating because he was really hungry and he had because he had been to the korean restaurant like was he stress eating especially when he started to get really like because he you can see he gets anxious when he's calling that property manager and he's like Mm -hmm. hey it's me oh wait hey it's me again oh wait hey it's me again like that's an anxious behavior well
0: he's in the process of losing a lot of money that he just borrowed
3: Yeah, but it was Mm. even before, like, he knew that, because he got that alert on the phone after he had made the calls. Mm. So Ah. he, he, and he starts, like, it seemed like he, like, threw up in his mouth a little and just swallowed it and kept eating. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, buddy. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, my cup
0: of tea, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a show that we have watched.
0: Now we've all seen it. Well, I mean, like, and as as, and it said, like, I I see the anger and like that, like, I'm just noticing more and more that as I turn on television, I want to be entertained via joy, like I want to have fun with what I'm watching. And I was trying to, I don't know, like today I was I put on two or three different shows because I had some time and. Like if it was, I don't want to say like like serious is fine, but it was like the darker or angrier it was that I was watching. I'm like, I just am not interested in this. And then I ended up putting on like, like clone high came out again. So I, I threw that on for a half hour because watching like that, I understand that anger and I'm, that's why I use television to, to get away from the anger for a little bit. So yeah, that's, this just was not meant for me.
3: But I'm curious because, like, the road rage, in- road rage incident that happens in the beginning, like, I have borderline seen you do that. Like, No, you, you
0: have not. You, you and have I- never, ever, ever seen me do that. I will get angry. <laughs> yes. That is an extreme that only happens in, like, Hollywood or like, ex- ex- super extreme circumstances. But will- we were
3: in the car. I remember this. We were leaving Walmart, and you got so angry at this person that you were like— I want to fucking follow them. I want to fucking follow them. Like, you were describing what you wanted to do. God, no. And you said, but you told me, you told me, you were like, it's because you're in the car. So, like, I know that's not actually true. Well, I hope that's not actually true. But the point is, like, I saw you get so angry at this person that you didn't know or know anything about because they were just rude in the wrong moment in the wrong way Mm -hmm. and it seems like such an unnecessary fucking behavior because it is and like on the other person's part not on yours um and then you have that reaction and but then that part is like then I feel like it's followed with like guilt and shame like oh I got this angry at this person and I shouldn't be feeling that way because it's not okay to be angry but at the same time like is it really worth being that angry You know, from my perspective, I'm sitting in the car going like, yeah, I get annoyed too, but like, that's, but like, there's
0: one of the only true emotions that's frowned upon. Like, like in society, anger is like super not okay. Guilt is okay. Happiness is okay. Like all of those other emotions are good, but like I get angry. Yes, that's, and it's fine as long as it stays there.
3: But I think that's, that's what what I'm trying to say is that's
0: okay. Like that's, that's, that's aggression. That's,
3: that's. but like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, I think that like, to me, the show felt like commentary about like, like, well, this show, it it almost makes it seem like you can't be anything. Like you have to present a certain way. Right. Like that's face. Mm -hmm. But like this, this particular thing, like, yes, it made me feel like it was an acknowledgement of like people are, angry and we cannot keep being put in positions where we have to run away from or hide from that feeling like that's the thing like that's what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. is that it it made me reflect on my own experiences and interactions with that that emotion with yours with how I've interacted with you when I've seen you that way and how people tend to react to one another and I just I don't know like I I appreciated the way that it made me think (coughs) about how I react to other people's anger and why you might be experiencing that and whether or not it's really fair to tell someone to tone it down and I think you and I personally have worked on that because that was something that I used to really struggle I couldn't see you express your anger now I'm like yeah babe like yeah that's (laughs) fucked up like you know and I think it speaks volumes to our level of trust and where we've come from especially with my background but i i just thought that it was interesting because that's something that i think that this show to me this show is trying to touch on that and i don't know where it's going to go from there but maybe i'm overthinking it and looking too far into it but it really felt like this show was sending a message so um i'm curious to know what was it amy who recommended this nope Amanda. amanda amanda sorry amy is the character in the show um i'm curious to know amanda like did you have any of these impressions and and what were your thoughts now that we've watched it and we can at least talk about the first episode? um, Yeah. Also she was coming at it after seeing the whole season and
2: we're just only had the perspective of this one episode.
3: Mm -hmm. So yeah. Like that's why I'm thinking like just, just starting from here. I wonder if she had any initial reactions with that first episode that stuck with her, especially going through the whole season. If there's anything that like we're saying that still stood out even at the end. So yeah, I would love to hear, hear your thoughts.
1: <laughs> Me too.
3: <laughs>
1: that said, I think it is about time to, uh, to wrap this business up and get us old people to bed. <sighs> Very old yes so with yes. that being said uh, th- uh beef gets a beef gets a thumb <laughs> not not necessarily <laughs> a thumbs up or thumbs. it just it just gets a thumb but i it's,
3: think it's a wobbly thumb it's like you know it's yeah. like
1: yeah we'll see but anyway uh there you go that's our show this week's episode uh is not filmed before a live studio audience but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you And you can get in touch with us any multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord, where there's an entire This Week's Episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. And of course, the regular Geekade social media accounts linked to in the show notes. Four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. You can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you?
2: At STM Stitches on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram,
3: um, TikTok, and Etsy.
1: Uh, Angie, where can people find you?
3: Just go to my website, AngelaFernot.com. That's F-E-R-N-O-T, AngelaFernot.com.
1: And Evan, where can people find you?
0: Uh, check us out at com.
1: Glorious. If you need to know more about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. And as always, keep your eyes on geekade for fresh original content. Uh so now it's time to figure out what our homework's going to be. Karen, it is your pick. What are we watching?
2: You know what's funny is that uh you reminded somebody reminded me that it was my turn yesterday and I went, "Oh, thank you for reminding me because i always forget and then i promptly (laughs) forgot again until we were heading down to the basement to record thankfully i had already had an idea and then forgot that i had had the idea (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna veer away from anger um and go back into something uh light lighter and more comedic uh this is a show that i've been i've only seen one episode of but i've been telling everybody that i know that that i think they should check it out so we're gonna watch uh it's a limited series so it's not season one there's just you know five episodes of it uh episode one of kunk on earth called in the beginnings it's on netflix what is it called kunk on earth c-u-n-k
0: c-u-n-k on earth okay okay never heard of it i'm excited <laughs>
1: Cool. Well, uh, that's it for us. Uh, we're gonna go to bed and probably watch some TV tomorrow. And uh, I look forward to talking to everybody about Ted Lasso next month. Uh, <laughs> prepare yourselves for Conk on Earth, whatever that is. And we will talk to you next time. I'm Chris.
3: I'm Karen. <laughs> I'm Angie.
1: Jamie. Tot- <laughs> None of you bastards did the Roy Kent theme. He's He's here, he's He's there, he's 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 every fucking fucking way. Roy Roy Kent! Kent. Roy
0: Kent! That afro on the poster was amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And this concludes our broadcast day.